I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation. For it is the power of God for salvation. For it is the power of God for salvation. To everyone who believes. Romans 1.16 Hey everybody, welcome to Getting the Gospel Out podcast. I am your host, Pastor Dan Jackson of Jacobs Well Church in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Today we are asking the question, why should I share the gospel? I mean, I'm busy, I have a lot going on, and I really don't want to offend other people. So why should I share the gospel? To consider this question with me today, I have two local pastors who I do love and I do appreciate very much. First off is my bearded brother, uh, who almost always buttons the top button on his button-up shirts, even if he doesn't have a tie. And this has been a topic of much debate and prayer, and we still don't agree on it. Pastor Jacob Spielbauer of LifeBridge Church. What's your title there? I am the teaching pastor and also in charge of cultural development. Uh, at LifeBridge. Cultural development. Yeah, that's oh. right. So trying to help keep the trains running on time as well as uh, doing leadership development and just trying to ensure we have a thriving, uh, healthy church culture. Cool. Awesome. And uh, we also have my non-bearded brother. Who, today. Yeah. Today. <laughs> today. Do you grow beard sometimes? Sometimes. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Pastor Chad Hurtler from Highland Crest Baptist Church. And uh, he is familiar with Hoodie Monday. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So do you wear hoodies on Monday after you preach? I am unfamiliar with this phenomenon. We have staff meetings uh, early Monday mornings, so I kind of have to jump right back into uh You try to look respectable for that? I try to look like a, a human being with my life together, and some Mondays I'm more successful than others. <laughs> so I went to visit two pastors uh, and do lunch with them on a Monday, and we were all wearing hoodies. And I'm driving home, and I call Pastor Chad, and he says – it's hoodie day or hoodie Monday yeah. or something. I'm like, really? This must be a pretty dominant thing where <laughs> you're just burnt out and you're like, I don't want to wear something nice. So you wear hoodies on Monday. Yeah. So we have staff meeting. I just don't care about looking reputable. So yeah, but. Well, so, we can't all be as naturally handsome yeah. as you. So yeah. some of us have to work a little harder. I mean, that's one of the negative things about podcasts is people just cannot see the God-given <laughs> handsomeness. <laughs> okay. Um all right, so I actually have some questions for you that I didn't prep you for, but just so that people uh, can get to know. Like, tell us just a little bit about yourself, your family, as much as you feel comfortable sharing on the World Wide Web. Yeah, so um, I've been doing ministry at LifeBridge for about uh, 11 years now. I got my start in youth ministry, uh, not by uh, any plans that I had, but just God kind of, uh, through a series of circumstances, putting us in a place where we felt that was our calling. Um, and uh, it's been an awesome ride. So I served in youth ministry at LifeBridge for nine years. Uh, and uh, in the fall of 2018, took on the role of primary teaching uh, pastor at LifeBridge. I'm married to my wife, Shauna. We've got five beautiful kids, four of them girls. And uh, I'm very, very, very blessed in that regard. And I'm really just t passionate about helping our congregation uh, grow in the truth of God's word. Uh, I'm kind of driven by a conviction uh, that the church today 
has a lot of ditches we fall into. And uh, it seems like churches a lot of times are either or. We're either missional or we're theologically deep. And my heart for us at LifeBridge would just be a church that tries to do all things well and faithfully. Absolutely. A deep theology should push us towards being missional. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Jesus knew a thing or two about theology and he was pretty missional. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. Cool. Pastor Chad. Well, I'm, I'm from Wisconsin myself. I was born, uh, in the Baraboo area and have lived much of my life either in Wisconsin or Minnesota. Uh, graduated from a state school here in Wisconsin, moved to Green Bay, uh, worked for the county with juvenile delinquents. And while I was attending Highland Crest, uh, God began. Do you to feel like work like working with delinquents prepared you to be a pastor yes. in the church? <laughs> very much, very much. But uh, you know, God brought brokenness in my life, and and through that brokenness, uh, I sensed a, a call into the ministry. Uh, I, I was looking at the brokenness of the kids that I was working with, and realized the only hope that they had was through the gospel. Amen. And. I just sensed the Lord say, well, why don't you devote your life towards that? Yeah. So that's what I did. I actually went back to school. And following graduating from seminary down in, in Texas, I, I served in Flint, Michigan for about five years and then moved back to Highland Crest, which is my home church and where I was uh, called to preach from. And like you, Jake, I was on staff for, in my case, about 10 years. And then and in this last year, I became the lead pastor. Very cool. So. That's my story. Very and cool. I, I'm married to Melody, and we too have five kids, but they're awesome. but they're all boys. I know. <laughs> wow. So, how many kids do you have? We have five. Yeah. Okay. All girls, or I, four girls, four girls, one boy. boy. So, there. You guys might need to grab lunch sometime as families, just yeah. to maybe see if there's some providential <laughs> connections there. All right, that shouldn't go on the podcast, but. <laughs> All right. So, one more question is: Why did you guys agree to do this podcast? Was it for the pay? Um, there is no pay. <laughs> so, hey, it was a pleasure. Riches in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm genuinely fascinated in, in the topic. Uh, I think it's an important and urgent message, one uh, that we often take too casually, and that's me included. And so, you know, approaching this conversation of how and why the church does evangelism, exploring how it can do better is, is for me coming from a place of this is a, a commitment in my life that I need to improve on. Mm-hmm. And I know that oftentimes my blind spots are the church's blind spots as well. And, and so, uh, my hope is that by exploring this conversation in the open, that we really can earnestly and imperfectly work towards being better. And, yeah. uh, and so my desire would be, uh, to see in, I guess, in a cultural environment where it's very easy for us to be quiet, uh, for us to, uh, help the church find its voice yeah. and, and, and to be bold in proclaiming the good news of Jesus. We have a good message to share. And, uh, and we need to remember that the, the message of the church is the hope of the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I would just add to that, you know, I think as you become a pastor, one of the things, because both of your churches have a couple hundred folks in it, but it's easy to get focus inside the walls of the church. I mean, you could completely be consumed with inside of the walls of the church right. and doing marriage counseling and other things. And I think we have to be very intentional to keep our focus outside the walls of the church as well. Yeah. Um, and it may, it may make some people in the church feel a little neglected uh, by doing that if we're not with them all the time. But it is God's plan for the mission of the world is through the church. And so, amen. I yeah. agree with you. 
something I'm convicted about is oftentimes the blessings that God gives us become our bubbles. And mm. so God gives us wealth. Why? So that we can invest in the well-being of others, meet needs, practice generosity, and expand the kingdom. But oftentimes that can become a bubble, right? And so yeah. instead we build security through our wealth that insulates us from from risk. Mm -hmm. In the same way, I think one of the failings uh, or maybe the temptations of the church in a culture where we're so well provided for is that the blessings of comfortable buildings, of being relatively economically secure and having little risk allows us to to maybe sometimes form a bubble Absolutely. in which we don't, we're not pushed out the door with a right. sense of urgency. One of the greatest idols for sure for me and I think for most Americans is just comfort. Mm. And evangelism is uncomfortable for sure. So, Chad, why are you doing this podcast? If I'm honest, it's to be a blessing to you. Oh, I appreciate <laughs> Cause, that. Because you asked. I think you'll be a blessing to a lot of people. Well, uh, but as I as I think about that a little bit further, uh, we look at our culture in the younger generation, I think referred to as the nuns with no religious affiliation. And our church is an established church, and um, and yours will increasingly become that. I think there's a tendency that we have is to is to look at this church crowd that tends to float from from church to church, mm -hmm. and if we're not careful, we can fight over that pool of mm -hmm. people and let's try to offer the best programs mm -hmm. to, to draw them. But that isn't our calling. Uh, there, there's a whole large gathering of people outside the walls that we have the good news to be able to share with. And I'm excited about that because I've, I have found people, uh, to be receptive to at least hearing the gospel. Mm -hmm. and, and just, if you take a, take the time to hear their story, uh, to politely listen and then to be able to say, do you mind if I share with you what the Bible calls the gospel? And I, I think that's exciting. And so if this podcast can kind of generate that um, excitement, man, I'm all for that. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. So again, our question today is why should I do evangelism? But before I actually get to that question, I want to ask you this question. Why do you think people don't share the gospel? Why do they not do evangelism. You can speak for yourself, people in your church. Why do you think people, or maybe people at your church just are better than me and they all share the gospel with everyone they come in contact with. But, but what, what do you think are the barriers for people sharing the good news of the gospel with other people? Yeah. I'll, like you said, I'll approach this from the standpoint of why I don't share the gospel and why am I sometimes unfaithful am I going to do so? And uh, the greatest barrier and probably the most obvious one is comfort. It is uh, within us, we're told in scripture, we have a battle and there's desires within us that conflict. The desire of the spirit and the de desires of the flesh. And uh, the desires of the flesh are powerful. My desires, my selfish desires, my selfishness reflex is very, very strong. And uh, and training myself to do something else, because that's how Paul describes it, is mm. we have to actually train ourselves to do what our flesh doesn't want to do. Um, it's just difficult. And, and generally, we're not good at discipline. I'm not good at discipline. The second thing that I, I think oftentimes, and I say that this is something that I've, I've heard surface in conversations with others, is a feeling of, I don't want to risk being inauthentic. Um, so what I, what I mean in that is I think there's a sense in which uh, people feel that their experiences, their failures, in some way, limit or impede their ability to be 
genuine and sharing mm. the gospel. And so maybe how that comes out as, well, I know that I still struggle with things. So I don't feel confident in sharing with someone else the good news of Jesus. And so I think sometimes that's a, a personal barrier that I've seen people working through that uh, causes them maybe to feel less comfortable uh, reaching out. What I think I hear you saying is that shame is that am I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Is that what you're saying? That shame makes people shut down from sharing the gospel? I think that's that's exactly the word that I'd probably use is people's own feelings of shame or inadequacy and self-condemnation can end up becoming really powerful tools, I guess, within to say, hey, be quiet. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because one reason we feel guilty is because we are guilty. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the good news of the gospel is we can repent and be forgiven and God's mercies are new every day, yeah. which is wonderful. But I think we forget we forget that. So what about you, Chad? What do you think are some barriers for people sharing the gospel? I certainly agree with what Jake shared. Um, what comes to my mind, though, is unbelief and unbelief in what the Bible says about hell mm-hmm. and, and judgment. And it, it, could that really be true? Because if I think if I, we, we really believe that, that would compel us to be more urgent mm. in our witness. Uh, so that, and, and then I think, um, speaking of me, personally, uh, just positioning my life to be around people, to be able to, to, to foster some relationships that can lead to um, the gospel is another thing. If I'm so busy with church people, and I am, it's, it's hard for me to, to get into those natural conversations. So. Yeah, you know, I think I, I get jealous sometimes of people that work in non-Christian atmospheres yeah. because they have people there that they can witness to. And I'm like, you know, I'm mostly surrounded by Christian. I mean, we have a lot of people who are searching and we get to talk about the gospel. But, yeah, you know, it's um, I think for me personally, it's it's apathy, which would be unbelief, I mm-hmm. think, as well. But also just busyness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I can let my busyness you know, kids' sports, kids' other events, kids' school. I mean, there's just so much to do. And, you know, and so so I get so focused on the busyness of life that I, I take evangelism off the front burner. And, you know, one of the things I so appreciate about the Great Commission is when Jesus says, go and make disciples. Uh, as you all probably know, it's a participle, which is in your going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't have to go anywhere new. Mm-hmm. I can just go to my neighborhood or go mm-hmm. to my kids' sporting events and sit next to someone in the bleachers and share the gospel. Mm-hmm. And yet, even in that, I fail to do it because I think I'm busy or I feel burned out and I just don't want to do it. And so that's why I think this topic is so important because it gives us the motivation for evangelism. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually took a poll of our, our, our congregation a few years ago about the biggest barriers to evangelism. And the top two were way above the rest, and they were nothing that we said here. Uh, the number one was feeling unequipped, mm. like they don't know how to share the gospel mm-hmm. and what to say, how to get in spiritual conversation. That's one reason for this podcast. The second reason was fear of rejection, mm-hmm. right? Afraid that they will reject me as a person. And so one of the things is the reality is to not share the gospel is selfish because it's an idolatry of relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we care more about our relationship than we do about the actual person, mm-hmm. right? And so 
like you said, we can try to maintain this relationship with someone while they're on the way to hell and mm. never tell them the good news of Jesus, mm. which is completely selfish. Mm. But I think the way we twist things around, we think it's actually being unselfish. So, mm. all right. So finally to the question, why should we do evangelism? Why should we make it a priority in our lives? Why should we care about it? Uh, well, I think I think there's multiple answers for this one, but uh, ultimately, God gets glory when a person understands that they were created to find their happiness and joy in Him. But as their current state, they're not able to live that out. They're worshiping things that He has created, and so. God has provided the gospel, a power to break through, to change someone where they can live out what they were designed to do, to find their happiness, to find their contentment, to be grateful, to obey, to to, to find their pleasure in him. And the gospel is the message of which gets a person to that once once they've received it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's certainly one of the main answers. Yeah, and this question touches so deeply on, you know, the essential questions of our faith, which are, what do we believe um, man's natural relationship to God is, and what is it intended to be? And so w- when we ask those questions, you know, I think it's really important for us to to be solidified in in knowing that, hey, w- what, what the scriptures teach about eternity is real. And if the scriptures teach us about eternity and that's real, then then Jesus is necessary. And we really can't be saved on our own. And if we've internalized that message, then that has to, in compassion and love, propel us to concern for those people around us. And uh, and I think that that's so important in, in having that comprehension of, I guess, what's at stake for the people around us, what it means for the world. I mean, that's that's why. I mean, we have to have a, a sense of, of burden and compassion for those around us. And I think that that's... Uh, essential. Yeah, absolutely. I would add to that, and I can come back to you, you guys can give another reason, because like you said, there's multiple reasons to this. And I think, I don't know about you, I need as much ammunition as possible to strike my heart, to to, to motivate me to share the gospel, which I want to do, but I don't want to do. You mm-hmm. know, it's that that competing battle inside. I, I mentioned this a little bit in the trailer, but one of the reasons why, um, why I think we should get the gospel out is is because it is the joy of heaven when someone comes to faith in Christ. You know, Luke chapter 15 is such a, a precious chapter. And in that chapter, it's Jesus is, is talking to the Pharisees who are religious people that really don't care about the salvation of those mm-hmm. around them. They just care about the rules for the most part. And Jesus is eating with, with tax collectors and, and they're saying, look, he eats with sinners. And so Jesus tells a parable and he says, you know, if a man loses, has a hundred sheep and one goes astray, he leaves the 99 to go get the one. And then when he comes back, he rejoices with, with, mm. with everyone. He throws a celebration. And a woman who has 10 silver coins, if she loses a coin, she sweeps the house. She does everything she can to, to find that one coin. And when she finds that coin, she throws a celebration. And what strikes me about those parables is that if I found a coin, I would not throw a party. If my dog ran away and I found him and brought him back, I would not throw a party. But if my child um, was kidnapped and they came back, I would throw a massive celebration. And a celebration, the celebration over the coin, over the sheep, really communicates how valuable 
that coin and that sheep is, right? Because they went through a celebration if it wasn't valuable. It's, it's because it is precious to them. And when Jesus says that there is more joy in heaven over just one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons, he's saying this is how valuable human beings are to God, that the angels celebrate. And so I think that mere fact, knowing that when people trust, when, when I trusted in Christ, when you trusted in Christ by the grace of God, when anyone does, there's a celebration in heaven is overwhelming. And that, that motivates me to share the gospel as well. Yeah. And I think what's so important and, and I think, you know, we're always talking indicative imperative, right? What and why, what do we do and why do we do it? And, you know, what you shared, Dan, really touches on the why. That was God's heart for me. That love and concern is what prompted God to move on my behalf, to send his son into the world, to give his life as a ransom, to take my place as a substitute. And, uh, and if that was the father's love for me, then I know that that's his heart for the world. And I think a lot, so often the failure of the church has been a failure to internalize the urgency of God's love and compassion for the world. Mm-hmm. I, I think that leads me to a second one that yeah. would be to love your neighbor right. as yourself. So an expression of loving your neighbor is to share with them the good news, mm-hmm. right? Um, Probably uh, the greatest expression. And it's, right. Most, right. and it's most fundamental That's right. expression. So if you've ever had a family member and uh, go to the hospital, we, we did this fall where we have a boy that was diagnosed with something that if it wasn't dealt with could lead to his death, right? And the loving thing for that doctor to do was to share the truth with us and then to say, but there's hope. Mm-hmm. There, there's to share the problem yeah. and the solution. And then here's, here's the solution for that. Uh, that is love. Mm-hmm. And I think in the same way, the loving thing for us to, to share with our neighbors, neighbors, not only those in our neighborhood, but all those around us, oh. is to be able to share with them the problem and, and the solution. So we share the gospel because it, it helps us to love our neighbors, which is the fundamental command that mm. God has given to us. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So the name of our church is Jacob's Well Church, and we get it from John chapter 4. And the reason why we named the church that is because Jesus goes to Sychar with all of his disciples and he sits outside at the well, Jacob's well, and, you know, he, he encounters the woman at the well and he sends the disciples into town for get, to get food. They go get food. They bring it back to give to Jesus. They're astonished that he's talking to a woman who's a Samaritan because it was culturally uh, not acceptable. And then Jesus rebukes them because these seminary students, which is what they were, they were found their rabbi round. They were in seminary. Uh, they didn't drop out twice like Jake did, but <laughs> 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 he didn't drop out. You shut it down. Thanks, you Dan. shut one of them Thanks, down. Dan. But 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 they're with they're with Jesus. They're in seminary and they go into this town and leave the town and leave it completely unaffected. And then you have this woman who's a harlot, uh, but she is so transformed by her encounter with Jesus that she goes back and she has a very bad reputation, as you know, that she's known as the town harlot. Uh, that's why she comes out at the noonday because she doesn't want to see anyone else. And she just, in very sloppy terms, no evangelism explosion training at all, says, you have to meet this man. Could this be the Christ? And as a result, there's a revival in the city. Um, It was a tinderbox just waiting for someone to speak about Jesus. And then they all come out 
uh, to Jacob's well to encounter Christ for themselves. And, and he knows all of their sin, all of their shame, but he shows the unconditional love of a savior and there's revival. And so, you know, in that there is a rebuke from Jesus towards his disciples. They say, hey, here's the food. And he's like, I have food to eat that you know nothing about, which seems like, why is he rebuking them for doing the thing that he told them to do? And it's because they didn't share the gospel. Uh, they didn't share about Jesus. They didn't care about the people. And so I think there is a loving rebuke even from Jesus to us when we are not sharing the good news of Christ. And it's commanded, you know, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, right? And the name Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all that I commanded you. And so this is the, the mission of the church. Any other motivations? I think one of the pieces that I really appreciate about Jacob's Well is is their counseling ministry. And so when we think of sharing the gospel, we're not talking about just getting a person saved for eternity, but the gospel also then provides the power for a man to love his wife, as Christ loved the church, to, to lead his family in a way that, that he should, for a woman to, to break some addictions in her life. So a part of sharing the gospel as an expression of love is to help them to to, to find the life that God wants for them right now. So mm-hmm. I think that would also. You know, and just to add to that, I would say knowing Jesus is a new normal. The happiness and joy that I have in knowing Jesus is something that maybe I take for granted. To realize that other people are in misery. I mean, even if they have everything the world can provide, they're in misery without Christ mm-hmm. because they have the God-shaped hole in their heart, right? That mm-hmm. they're filling with other things and and, and just to piggyback on loving them, I think if we truly love them, we'll want them to have the joy of knowing Christ Amen. above all else. So I had the chance recently to sit in on a, a school board meeting with the local school district. Every year, this district will invite in uh, clergy uh, as well as community leaders to come in for a conversation about challenges facing today's youth. And this past year, uh, as I sat in kind of listening to the conversation, it was amazing to listen to educators and community leaders describing and using this word that students are suffering mm. more than ever before. Mm. I mean, it was, it was, it was hard to hear, um, that depression, anxiety are through the roof and, and are impacting students' lives in a deeper and deeper way. And, and so much of that has been brought about just by their connectedness to the sorrows of this world because mm-hmm. of technology. Mm-hmm. And that word suffering kept being used. And I think to build on what you guys have said is the world is suffering. Mm-hmm. And no matter how much we may be blinded to it by the polished veneer of social media, people around us are genuinely hurting. Mm-hmm. Families are hurting. People are suffering. God's given us the gospel as a soothing medication and balm to the suffering that people are experienced. When Jesus is talking about living water, he's saying, I have a solution to lack. I have a solution to need. Mm -hmm. I have an abundance that can fill emptiness. And so I think we have to recognize that, uh, that really that the suffering of others is real and the hope that we have in Christ is greater than we can even imagine. And to your credit, Dan, you mentioned we often take it for granted what it means to have hope. And oftentimes, I think the church is guilty of that, that that we take for granted the hope that we have and exactly how precious that is 
uh, in speaking to the suffering of others. Absolutely. It's interesting. I was listening to a sermon by Paul Tripp, and he said that the world is seeking redemption without a redeemer. And hmm. we get to push a redemption that has a redeemer, Amen. which is, which is awesome. Um, I would just add, you know, in terms of a motivation, one of the things that I've seen, we did some evangelism training, journey evangelism training a, a few years ago. And one of the coolest things about it is just to see how Christians' hearts came alive Amen. as they shared the gospel. As they asked questions of people, which we talk about doing, they could see that people did not have good answers. I mean, their answers left them more hopeless than when they started the conversation. It created questions and people were more more excited about God when they actually engage in evangelism. And, that, and that's the case whenever we're obedient to God, right? There's more joy whenever we're obedient in every area. And so if we're not obedient in this area, we're actually robbing ourselves of some of the joy that God has for us in Christ yeah. through obedience. So any other thoughts on uh, motivations? Those are some really good ones. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think uh, as good pastors to outline these would be to glorify God, to to love our neighbors. But there's also something in it for us as well. There's a joy in obedience. Uh, there's a There's a fishing guide in our church. And the reason he is really good at fishing is not because he's read books or watched video program. It's because he's practiced over and over again. And, and certainly we can be guilty of that. We can talk about evangelism. We can read books on it, but there really is nothing like practicing it. And I'm, I'm guessing your experience is like mine, where when I share the gospel with someone, there's a mm -hmm. joy. And I think it's related to this is what I was commanded to do. And it's something I was created to do. A amen. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. There's something that you know, uh, I forget the guy's name. The, what's the Chariots of Fire guy? Mm. Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. I do. But he said, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. pleasure it's yeah. like when I share the good news of Christ, I feel God's pleasure and it fills me with joy as well. Yeah. And of course, to, you know, trace back to, I think, something that we can latch on to in scripture, Adam's first job was cultivating with God in the garden. It was working. We were created to work. And specifically, we were created to do cultivating work and, uh, and, and picture that we're given in scripture of the church is that the church now has been restored to take up the work of cult cultivating mm -hmm. alongside, uh, mm -hmm. the Lord and through the gospel. And, you know, Isaiah talks about beating swords into plowshares, right? Those are gardening tools. The Lord has now given us the work of gardening alongside him. And, uh, and so as we share the gospel, I think kind of, you know, a beautiful vision for it is we are, cultivating in God's garden and producing fruit. And that's an incredible, glorious job that we get to participate in. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to end with, with a quote from C.S. Lewis, but I'm thinking about the value of our neighbor. This is a quote that strikes me. He says, remember that the dullest, most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature, which if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship or else a horror and a corruption such as you now only in a nightmare. All day long, we are in some degree helping each other to one or the other of these destinations. That's heaven or hell. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities. It is with the awe and the circumspection proper to them that we should conduct all of our dealings with one another. All friendships, all loves, all play, all politics. There are no 
ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal. In other words, all those will pass away. But it is immortals, talking about people whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. I think that's just such a helpful quote of reminding us that there are few things in life that are eternal. God is eternal, the word is eternal, and the souls of men. So just to recap, why should we share the gospel? Well, first off, for the glory of God, it is his joy for people to be saved. Secondly, for the good of people, people who are destined for eternal punishment because of their sin. The good news of the gospel is their only hope of salvation. Third, because God commands us to, both in the Great Commission and elsewhere, to go and make disciples of all nations. And fourth, for our joy. When we share the gospel with others, the gospel becomes more beautiful and more precious to us. Thank you for joining us for this first podcast of Getting the Gospel Out. Join us next time as we discuss the question, what must I share in order to share the gospel? In other words, what are the things that if I do not share, I have not shared the gospel? If you want more information about Getting the Gospel Out podcast, please go to www.gettingthegospelout.org. We are on Apple iTunes Podcasts as well as Google Play. And I want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and give us a healthy rating if you like what we're doing. Also, please recommend us to people in your church and to your friends if you think this podcast could help them get the gospel out as well. Our plan is to publish a new podcast the first and third Tuesday of every month. And so I want to encourage you between now and our next podcast in two weeks to share the gospel with someone that God has providentially put in your path. Let's get the gospel out because the power is not in the messenger of the gospel. It is in the message of the gospel itself through the Holy Spirit. And those who receive it will have eternal life and heaven will rejoice.